up, y'all? Welcome back to the Stormcrow Comic Cast, Volume 3, Issue 4. I am Ruben G. I'm Kevin Merrill. And previously in the Superior Spider-Man. In a scheme to cheat death, Otto Octavius had switched bodies with Peter Parker. His old body soon died, with Peter's consciousness still trapped inside, and Otto prepared to take over both Peter Parker and Spider-Man's lives. Convinced that he could fill both roles with more efficiency and effectiveness, Otto led a one-man war against crime, even as those close to him questioned his sudden change in personality and his brutal new methods. Meanwhile, Peter still clung on, his consciousness surviving in the form of his shared memories with Otto. Struggling for any control, Peter watched in horror at Otto's savage behavior. But, with the breakout of the psychopathic mass murder massacre, Otto now faces a villain who won't be intimidated by his violent tactics. Jedi Pete, son. Yes. Can't do nothing. Yes. It's it's all true from a certain point of view. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh so looking at the cover for um for this issue five, the final issue in volume one, um, Spider-Man is holding a smoking gun. Yes. Not something we see a whole lot out of this character. But again, keep it in mind, this is Otto. Yeah. So he'll go to some lengths, you know, uh, that Peter wouldn't necessarily. Uh, but right. it's, it's really cool, though, because it's, it's a very plain uh, background. But what you see is uh, obviously uh, Peter with the with the gun. But the hole isn't through like a body or a head. It's through a spider web. Yeah, yeah, we're sort of looking through this hole that and down the barrel of what Spidey has apparently just shot a hole through this web, and, and we're staring right through it. And you know, this something about the roundness of his head and the shape of his his eyepieces really reminds me of Otto here. Just sort of the shape. I can almost imagine some of the panels we've seen previously in here where it just was old school Doc Ock, you know, yeah. and and just sort of superimposed on that shape. But somehow it really, I do feel like there's a little bit of auto in that Spider-Man picture. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool. Um, especially those mechanical arms. That's kind of the give. No, yeah. <laughs> but yes, this issue is called emotional triggers. Indeed. Indeed. So you got a little, little wordplay going on, you know, obviously massacre is not all, all there in the head, but right. at the same time, the more obvious, the physical pulling of a trigger, right. you know, with the, and, and the gun going on. Wh- nice. What are Doc cool. Ock's emotional triggers? You know, what's sure. going to set him off? Or him seeing the kids, you know, being taken advantage of really flipped him out last time. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there will be some other triggers that set him off this time. Yeah. Excellent uh, issue name for yeah. sure, I think. So we start here with uh, a stranger for us, uh, CEO of Fizzy Cola Industries, Miranda Pullman, in what appears to be like a penthouse or something. She's got a really sweet kicking uh, living room there with a bunch of TVs set up, and uh, she's getting a phone call. It's yeah, uh, and the, the this this caller initially does not introduce him or herself. Indeed, uh, is this Miranda Pullman? Who is this? CEO of Physical Industries, parent company of Burger Town? This is a private number. I'm Nora Winters from the Daily Bugle. Sorry to call you at home. I was hoping to get... No comment. Are you sure there's no statement you'd like to make about the Burger Town massacre? Good day. So obviously, uh, Miss uh, Miss Pullman here 
is trying to stay away from the media as she is watching all this unfold. Um, That's right. Last because time. Because this all happened on her turf. Yeah, yeah. The last issue was, uh, you know, I think only two people surviving, that woman and her child yeah. at uh, Burger Town when the uh, the little dweeby looking uh, kid, uh, you know, uh, running the shop uh, hits that silent alarm and massacre is like big mistake. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. Um, so she's getting a lot of bad press. Yeah. Yeah. The, on on, on t- her TV screens, you see, uh, it looks like she's watching three different channels all right. at, all at once. Uh, tragedy in Westchester where the burger town massacre, uh, 27 dead as a result of the burger town massacre. More is this story. Only two survivors in the bloody burger town massacre. So it's yeah. already been named in every, everything. It That's is the right. burger town massacre. So her company's name is directly linked to this tragedy. Yeah. Now her phone call, her brief phone call with, uh, you know, Nora Winters from the bugle. Actually, she was on another call at the time. Um, an associate of hers and, and Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. Jerry and, her, and, uh, Miranda are discussing like their branding problem because just as you mentioned, like every time the news report comes on, the name they stuck with was the Burger Town massacre, and it's just ridiculously, incredibly bad press. Just everybody who sees these commercials or is watching news at all during this time, they're going to associate Burger Town with like right. death and just this horrible thing. So, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about how much it's affecting the company. Sales are down. Stock is plummeting. We're getting slaughtered here. And, you know, no pun intended. Right. Um, but uh, when a voice from inside the apartment speaks to her, you're right. This is serious. Deadly serious. And as you may have guessed, it's massacre yeah. in her apartment. End to the caller. I will kill you. Tell him you have to go and nothing more. I have to go. You're, you're him, the one who shot all those. Yes. But my building has, how, how did you get in here? I kidnapped your doorman's family, but that's not important. I'm here, Miranda, because I have a business proposition. I love how we switched characters. Yeah, yeah we did that. It <laughs> that was weird. Seamlessly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As you know, my actions have tarnished your company's image. Apparently even more than your recent ad campaign, where you doctored old footage of beloved American icons to associate them with your product. That didn't go over well, did it? Now that was, that was a real thing, wasn't it? Like, uh, was it Michael Jackson or Elvis Presley or one of these guys that were like photoshopped into Coca Cola commercials for a while? Or okay, something? I didn't know that. I'm I, not familiar I thought with that, that was the case. Maybe I'm, I'm making it up. But it's funny what Massacre does. He plays a video and he's making the point that not only can you get, you know, positive uh, uh, business reward when you associate yourself with positive people, but when you associate your competitors with bad people that can be just as serviceable and an image flashes up of adolf hitler drinking mocha cola (laughs) which is their competitor and this is just totally ridiculous (laughs) i mean it's it's one of these great little you know depictions of hitler where he's like stressed and anxious looking and like a little bit of hair is sort of like flopping down out of his otherwise perfect comb like he's just been screaming and and shouting and after giving a speech adolf hitler prefers (laughs) mocha cola yeah i think i'll have a fizzy cola (laughs) And, and basically you know he he says uh but but what if you'd gone the other way and had the truly despised endorse your competition and you you turn the page and he's wearing uh massacre's wearing this trench coat and he he kind of pulls it apart to show himself wearing a mocha cola shirt and by the way we should touch on this really quick 
Mocha Cola, the, the little logo, is the old Marvel Comics logo from the 90s. They yeah. had that big M and they wrote Marvel at the top and then the comics in the middle and it says Mocha at the top with the, on top of a big M with the word Cola. That's the Marvel Comics logo. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a cool little, uh, little Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, just kind of funny. Uh, that's what I can do for you. For $12 million, I'll walk into the heart of New York, kill everyone inside. And all while wearing your competitor, excuse me, your competitor's logo. My God, that's insane. Miranda, listen to me. Normally, you can't buy that kind of bad publicity. Well, today you can. Yeah. So this is the situation. Massacre has escaped from prison, killed a bunch of people on the way, did it at a burger town, and has now gone to the CEO <laughs> and trying to say, hey, you want to get some of this bad press off your back? I'll, I'll do it at your competitors. He's a true businessman. <laughs> yeah. when, when you get to the heart of the matter, that's really all he is. <laughs> yeah, God. He, uh, I, I guess you could say that he's into cutthroat competition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Head blasting, uh. <laughs> popping, exploding, horribleness. Uh, and so we have a change of scene here. Um, we, we arrive to, once again, a rooftop because yeah. it's a comic book, specifically a Spider-Man comic. There's lots of rooftops that, that appear. Um, but basically, it's uh, – would you like to describe it? Well, it's, it's um, Spidey and Uatu mm -hmm. on this building top. Uatu is uh, sitting Indian style with his laptop on the computer complaining. Yeah. I can't believe you wrote me into this. I failed to see the problem, Mr. Jackson. Peter Parker, Max Modell, a number of scientists here at Horizon Labs build equipment for me. Why should you be any different? Now initiate the program, please. And then his thoughts. It's so irksome to me that I've gone to Owatu Jackson, the so-called child prodigy, for help. But his facial recognition software was already complete. And once it's uploaded to my network of spider bots and then Spidey's, uh, you know, bug eyes glow with a sort of light. Yes, it's working. I'm receiving data from all over the city. Hundreds of matches, criminals, ex-cons, persons of interest. And so basically what's been done is Watu Jackson had facial recognition technology. And I believed he had helped uh, uh, use it with another superhero, the Wraith, who I think is a, also appears later on in the series. Um, Spoilers. Yeah, well, yeah, not not too bad. <laughs> the presence of a character yeah. is not horrible unless it's Thanos, and then I don't want to know. <laughs> anyway, um, so instead, you know, Doc Ock probably and and at least says that he could have built this technology himself, but uh, for time's sake, Jackson's software was already good to go. It was already ready. Uh, so he just co-ops him into the project, basically makes it sh him share this facial recognition technology, of course, to assist in the hunt for massacre. Yeah. Um, so that's what's going on. There's sort of, you know, on the top of this building, do it in on the uh, DL, uh, which is a little ironic to say because they're on top of the building. But <laughs> really what happened was Marvel watched uh, The Dark Knight and said, you know what would be really cool if Spider-Man had something – like what Batman did with all those cell phones. You know, it is it is sort of presented in a <laughs> remarkably similar way. Um, you know, Watsu right in, right here says, I don't like this. It's too much power for one guy. And of course, in the Batman movie, that was a big theme yeah. that like, you know, should we do this? Is the cost worse than the benefit? You it know? all comes back to Batman, my yeah, friend. Yeah, well. <laughs> 
but no, it, it it's it's a totally uh, I think a natural thing for Otto to try to do to to be able to keep an eye on everything. He needs to have that power, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Whereas Peter Parker would have never done this, and I think he even uh, he even makes a, the comment, you know, "Ghost Jedi Peter here." Yeah. Uh, you're you're killing my reputation, Otto. You know that, right? By the time I get back, uh, or I get my body back, there won't be anything left. So he's making comments like that. He's not a happy camper, literally inside of his own body. Yeah, yeah. He he doesn't agree with it. You know, it seems to go against his principles on yeah. some level. So, so they, he goes off. He runs off. Yeah, I guess I guess Peter and Bruce Wayne would have had a philosophical <laughs> disagreement. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Bruce and Peter would really get along <laughs> that well. Um, so anyway, um, Spidey swings off. I believe we're done here. And now with the hunt for massacre dealt with, I can move on to my next order of business. And you have, you have ghost Peter losing his mind. At yes, that statement this too. is just like the fires he would ignore and other things, you know, I, I feel like Otto is better able to compartmentalize parts of his life. He He's able to say, okay, this is my work as Spider-Man. This is my personal life. And he's not forgetting about all the dangerous stuff that Spider-Man would protect. But once he's got his program, his Spider-Bots out, he doesn't feel the need to just endlessly search the city randomly. He's like, no, I'm going to go take care of some of my Peter Parker yeah. stuff. And so it is back. He's he's landing in an apartment. He's got a nice uh, uh, shirt and vest on, knocks on the door. The apartment of one Anna Maria Marconi. This shouldn't take long. The door opens and we we see for the first time Anna Maria. Hey, Slick, about time you got here. Food's getting cold. Wait, I'm not here for... Look, miss, are you... The words you're looking for are little person, and yes, I am. What? No, that's obvious. I can see that. And I'm not one to state the obvious. Really? Because you just said obvious twice. I was inquiring if you are the same person who gave me their card. Anna Maria Marconi, tutor, chemistry and physics. $60 an hour. That's twice a week. That's me. Good. I'm only here to ask you to stop your constant emails, text, and messages. I do not require your services. Actually, Slick, you do. If you're going to pass Dr. Lamaze's class. So, of course, if you remember from last issue, Peter was visiting Dr. Lamaze. It was the end of his class, and he got sort of a, a brief introduction, in, uh, introduction to the professor. And um, during sort of the mass exodus of the class out the room, um, he got handed a card. And he turns around, and the person's gone. And perhaps they weren't gone. He just wasn't looking low enough because Anna Maria Marconi is... A little person, yeah. you know, the un-PC version of she's a midget, you know, and she is cute and she's not an ugly little you, person. She's an adorable little person. You just said the M word. Shame the, on you. It sir. was, it was, but just to be clear, you know, I think, <laughs> I think little person, midget, uh, which McCall, we, we've sort of shifted over to little person a little bit more recently than we've shifted some of the other common words that we use that, you know, may not be as polite as they used to be. Yeah. But, um, so that's my one of those excuse. interesting things with language, you know, the, right. uh, the tolerance for certain words yeah, changes in, over time. That's right. That's right. And, you know, uh, if you were offended out there, please don't bite my shins. Was that more offensive? Uh, I think maybe I just I buried myself a little deeper, and they'll be able to. It's okay because I I think that little 
little people see the uh the glass half full. Yeah. Is that racist? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he's he's there to sort of shut her down and be like, listen, quit quit bothering me. I've got this. Yeah. I don't need your help. <laughs> um but she sort of gets his interest. Here, first one's on the house, and each lesson comes with a home-cooked meal. Had dinner yet? Um, no. Is that involtini? And I took it over because I really wanted to say involtini. <laughs> involtini. Yeah, yeah, right. And you remember there was that one scene after the night about dreaming with Mary Jane, and he was, like, singing in the shower, and I was speaking Italian. <laughs> involtini. I love it. Um, I guess I'll take over as her. Um, that's my specialty. I'm a science chef using chemistry and physics to prepare and perfect my dishes. My dear lady, this, this is better than my mother's. Mm -hmm. Now let's review the last class. Yeah. So she, she and Peter are talking here and they're basically talking about uh, the doctor's theories about unstable molecules. And really what happens is Peter just, or Otto, just sort of explains them better, breaks it down, and explains how Dr. Lamaze has these misconceptions and, and really educates Anna Maria here and, uh, kind of, kind of flips the switch, kind of, you know, gets her interest and she is now impressed and even goes so much as to call him a genius at one yeah. point. Um, and at the very end of this, you know, you know, he thanks her. Thank you, Miss Marconi. I, I look forward to our next session. So, oh, this ain't over yet, Mister Parker. You're getting dessert. You earned it. Yeah, she's got these wide eyes. She's a really pretty little person. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's kind of cool, and I think that might be the last we see of her in this issue, and of course our arc. But the relationship does continue and blossom, and it's one of those things uh, that really helps you empathize and sympathize with Doc Ock and makes him more likable in this series, yeah. which is one of the things that we've talked a little bit about, but that I appreciate about you know what Slot did here. Yeah, I, th I think you mentioned in, in the last issue uh, that this was the the first hand appearance of of yeah. of, of your favorite kind of Spider Man character. Yeah, I love her. Character. Yeah, she really adds so much, and you know what she does for Otto's character matters as much to me as as you know her character or whatever. Yeah. But she's really cool. So uh, you know, the next page, of course, uh, Doc Ock swinging off in the Spider Man get up, just really enjoying the evening. Homemade piñolada from scratch, perfetto. <laughs> and and Peter is just berating him at this yes. point. He is he is completely upset. You pig! Look at you chowing down while massacres out there, massacring people, <laughs> eating all those carbs and dessert. Forgive my reputation. When I get that body back, I'll have to work off an auto Octavia sized gut. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he sticks to the side of the building just as one of his spider bots go out. Yes, yeah, very nice, very nice. I, you know, it sounds like it's time to get up. <laughs> anyway, he. Uh, hey, man, he, I don't make the sound effects. Yeah, I just. Yeah. Well, I make them. Yeah. <laughs> they were great on Bizarro Day. Or <laughs> anyway, uh, it, one of his spider bots has found Massacre. And um, Spidey's first reaction, actually, is to call the cops and get additional units there. And, of course, Peter's ca calling the cops for backup. But I, I, 
I never thought to do that. It all makes sense. They are trained for this. Like, <laughs> come on, Pete. Like, I, I almost have trouble believing this. There must have been a comic group got in touch with the cops for help like probably but i mean i kind of think about and i'm not on the up and up with spider-man comics from recent years but one of the themes with spider-man much like batman is that the cops are normally after spider-man too right. you know cops tend to not like vigilantes you know going around in costume it's just one of their things that kind of takes them off in, in comic enough, books yeah. and so i just i thought that was a little out of place it's like well why would you call the cops because they're going to try to take you down too yeah, fair but enough. but maybe yeah. that's changed you know in recent years in yeah. spider-man yeah anyway so he he he's talking to the cops or whatever uh keep him busy i'll be there in 10 spider-man out and you know, Peter's response, 10, but it's five minutes away tops. What are you planning, Doc? And Doc really is on point here. Now, uh, it? back when Massacre got into the, uh, the sort of penthouse of uh, Miranda Lawson or whoever she was, Pullman, um, he, he explained that he had actually entered the building, I believe, by uh, kidnapping the doorman's family. So he's he's got this M.O. of how he goes about business, and um, Auk has picked up on it. Auk yeah. realizes that there he can't just go confront Massacre, that there might be repercussions. And so what he's doing in this little five-minute window is searching for the... Uh, which we'll call it the hostages that he assumes massacre has taken. And of course mm -hmm. he is correct. He uh, uses his, some of the new technology in his uh, little spider lenses and uh, tracks them down. You know, he, it's once again, I, I won't say it's like the last time when he was searching for vulture, but this one's sort of like a, you know, the pulse on a heart monitor kind of zipping out in yeah. a purple light is, is how it's depicted. And he, he finds a bottling plant and warehouse where indeed a bunch of people are taped to explosives. Classic Joker thing to do. Yeah, yeah true. Um, but no, he, um, as you said, he, he finds the, the plant. He says, ah, everyone remain calm. I'm Spider-Man and Avenger to rescue you <laughs> it's very pleasant <laughs> <laughs> miss please no sudden movements i will have you freed shortly i assure you yes a simple enough device don't fear i am very familiar with these straps <laughs> yeah, for real <laughs> this won't take long and then and then uh pete ghost pete in the background okay saving lives good plan auto but speed it up okay how very surreal. Not long ago, I was trying to extinguish almost all life on Earth. And now look at me. How did it come to this? Saving the lives of a paltry few. And you have a page turn. In the grand scheme, does it even matter? There, done. You're all free. Now if you'll excuse me, I have to... No, Spidey, wait. Thank you. I thought that was it. That I'd never see my little boy again. Thank you so much. As we act this out, Ruben, you don't have to hug me as, as tightly as she is. I'm a method actor. <laughs> it was nothing, ma'am. It's, you're welcome. Now I must be going. 
And, you know, it's just a short little panel, a small panel and, and very little dialogue. But once again, sort of, you know, Otto um, dealing with praise and thanks and looking just slightly uncomfortable doing yeah. so. He's, he's just not just used not to used it. to it. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we zip out and I guess this is at Grand Central and um, the cops have spotted Massacre. Nick, look, it's him. Everyone clear out. You, Massacre, hold it right there. Let me see those hands. Of course, officer. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yes. Little uh, little comedy button there for you. <laughs> yeah. Blah, blah. <laughs> he, uh, Massacre turns around, opens his trench coat. He's got a vest and the orange Mocha-Cola Marvel Comics logo yes. and just opens fire. Opens fires. So, you know, outside of Grand Central, why are you men holding tight? There's gunfire. People are in there. We're moving in. Chief, wait. We got eyes on this. The doors, sir. They're rigged with explosives. Everyone, stay back. That's an order. Mr. Mayor, did you get that, sir? One of the cops on a CB radio. And then Jay Jonah, back at headquarters, not looking too happy with the situation. This is a nightmare. New Yorkers are in there with that animal. Whole place wired to explode. None of my men can get in. Damn it, Spider-Man. You promised me you'd deal with this. Where in blazes are you? That was excellent. I think that was my favorite stuff. That was very good. Very good. Thank you. And uh, back in Massacre, just unloading these automatic weapons on people. And and finally, Spidey's arrived. He's sort of in the roof. Um, it, good. He wasn't able to get to the upper windows. I'm in. And the element of surprises. And then Pete's voice. Otto, look. He's about to shoot that kid. Do something. And um, yeah, he he shoots a web and yanks this kid back just as Massacre opens fire. And we get here. Now, he escapes the the gunfire but then says to himself why did i do that i gave up my tactical advantage and so it does seem like once again perhaps auto uh, the body of peter parker is responding to peter's instinct yeah. as opposed to auto's instinct here and, and i would like to point out just like a little artistic thing that i really enjoy about this whole sequence here um when when he uh when spider-man initially catches the kid with the web he's wearing a ball cap and then he pulls him so quickly, the ball yeah. cap is left in the air, and Massacre shoots a bullet right through it. That so that fun, kid yeah. was totally just done for. Like, would have been a headshot. Spidey saved him, gave away his tactical advantage, as he said. Yeah. But uh, but it but shows you the kid. speed and the energy and yeah. the impact and how quick everything is happening. That it's like, literally leaves his hat behind as he gets thwipped out of the way. Right. It was really cool. And it's one of those things, too, where uh, people talk about the... Uh, uh, the scientific plausibility of comic sure. books. Like, I got to think that at the very least, that kid's going to have whiplash. Now, obviously, it's better than a bullet to the head. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. man, you yeah, know, like uh, one of the things uh, to go on a very small tangent is I took a physical science class in high school. And uh, Mr. Taylor was a total like geek guy, like loved comic books and things like that. But love to also point out the fact that if someone's falling from a skyscraper and if Superman comes in faster than a speeding bullet to catch that person as they're falling at free fall, their neck's going to break. Like yeah, They're yeah. not going to. The impact yeah. of this Kryptonian flying in like right. a jet to hit them is probably going to split them in two. Yeah. <laughs> so I imagine physics are just a little bit different in comic book worlds. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's that fun blending where you get enough of the reality uh, to, to really 
raise the stakes and make it exciting. Yeah. Um, but you don't, you don't hold to it so much that it, it takes away from the yeah. enjoyment. Yeah. But sometimes they will, uh, kind of pick and choose a little bit. Sure. Like there's a, yeah. there's a classic story, you know, of a uh, Spider-Man trying to save Gwen Stacy as Goblin throws her from the bridge and he shoots out that web and the impact of her falling at such a, a, a quick pace and the web catching her in her, like, I guess her, the middle of her body, like yeah. in her torso area, snaps her neck back yeah. and kills her trying to save her. Yeah. So, you know, they, they pick and choose what works for the story, but it's one sure. of those interesting things. It's like that, that kid, man, he just got tossed around pretty quick. He's, yeah. he's going to sue somebody. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so very quickly, uh, you know, people all around me are getting shot. I could have ended this focus and Pete sort of launches himself off the wall, uh, you know, throwing a punch and just utterly closing the distance between him and Massacre, bringing the fight close in. Boom! In uh, Heroclix, we call that a charge. A charge, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, which we'll call it not enough speed for uh, Massacre to do a running shot in response, or he couldn't break away, or... Right. (laughs) No super senses roll. No super senses. uh, No imperv, nothing like that. Um, he, he pulls back and he's got a remote trigger. Enough. I have five hostages strapped to incendiary devices. In a warehouse 20 blocks away? No, you don't. Click, 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 click. He's, he's smacking the button on Just the thing. Nothing's happening. Yeah. And Spidey had been looking down. There's one of Massacre's guns laying on the ground. He picks it up and Ghost Jedi Peter flipping out. Doc, what the hell are you... Hawk shoots Massacre. This one clips him sort of in the shoulder. Can't believe he... And then... Just crushing his outstretched hand. Massacre on the ground going for a gun. Just crunches through his hand. His fingers bending the wrong way. Pretty ridiculously crazy and awesome. Tentacles, robots, lasers, death traps. So many ways I've taken lives over the year. Firearms seemed beneath me somehow. Don't do it, Doc. But there is a finality in this. He's unarmed, delusional. He needs help. This would solve everything. No, you don't get to kill anyone, even massacred. Not with my hand. So what now? Do I web you up, leave you for the cops with a friendly little note, wait till you break out and kill again, capture you again, over and over? How many are dead and dying here? When is it enough? What should I do? Tell me! Do it! This old man, the people gathered around as Doc Ock looks down the barrel of a gun at a seated massacre, and this old man just screams to do it. And what happens? Like he's got the tr- finger on his trigger, and Massacre begins to cry. And this is supposed to be the guy with no emotion. Yeah. He has no value for human life whatsoever. Yeah. And he's, he's surprised. It, I'm scared. Fear. First time in years I've actually felt something. Real emotion. It feels wonderful. Hear that, Doc? Maybe there's a chance. He can be... (laughs) I screwed that up. Hear that, Doc? Maybe there's a chance he can be saved. Cured? You get it now. That's why we don't kill. Because there's always hope. Because people can... This changes nothing. 
You are who you are. That killer will always be hiding inside you. There is only one solution here. And yeah, these these two panels, you know, the 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 top two panels of the book are uh, of this page are you know massacre crying and ghost Peter sort of you know pleading with Doc, and then the middle panel all in black looking down the barrel of uh, you know the Spidey's outstretched gun. And, and sort of mostly black, shaded in the, the front of Spidey's mask. But then the opposite one, right as the gun goes off, and there's that sort of fire burst and everything's lit up. It's the same image, though. Uh, pretty cool. Briefly, here's my own tangent. This moment with Massacre, another Batman reminder here. <laughs> this is like Scarecrow who can't feel emotion and only Batman makes him afraid and wants yeah. to continue this you know, ongoing struggle with Batman, partly because he just wants to feel that fear or whatnot. Totally reminded me of that. <laughs> Everything does come back to Batman. I think it's true. <laughs> it's true. So he kills Massacre. I mean, he sh- shoots him point blank and it's, it's sort of implied here. You don't see the, you know, top of his head rip off or anything horrible like that, but it's obvious he just shot him. And, the next page is actually the media. It's, it's um, people reporting to the news about what they just witnessed. So you go from that one gunshot right to the aftermath and it's, it's witnesses. I'll tell you what happened. More of us would be dead. If Spidey weren't there, he saved us, neutralize the shooter. And then Jay Jonah man's a hero. And a proud example of how in this city we have zero tolerance. Oh, really, you should do Jay Jonah from now on. (laughs) Will will you reread that line? Man's a hero. And a proud example of how in this city we have zero tolerance for. That is awesome. (laughs) That is awesome. I really want you to just do my voicemail for me. (laughs) So, of course, these are like, we're, we're watching this as if we're watching the broadcast and on several different feeds. And we are. We're back in Miranda Pullman's penthouse, and and she's watching the three different feeds from from her top notch place. And just a just a channel surfing, trying to figure out what's going on. I tell you, this MTV generation man, they need to unplug. And they do. They do. It's riding her brain. <laughs> yes, really. It is, More than that fizzy cola. Yeah, this is really kind of awesome. What happens here? Yeah. Um, Not a single mention of Mocha Cola. Unbelievable. On the other hand, they're all talking about the Grand Central shooting now. See, see, it didn't even work. Her whole plan was to discredit her competitors. But for whatever reason, this wasn't coined the Mocha Cola shooting or anything like this. It's just the Grand Central shooting. Do you think Uh, she'll get a refund? Yeah, I'm not sure that's what's going to happen because... As she she clicks off the TV, you know, uh, my end of this is all over. And in the background, yep. spider bots crawling all spider over her wall. Uh, she's got a lamp that one's on top of. Uh, and the lights go out in the next panel. Yeah. And the voice, and you can tell it's the voice from the television. This is not a voice in the room. This is just a broadcast yes, voice. It's still in that blue uh, font. Yeah, it's sort of staticky looking uh, word bubble. Yeah. So she says, the important thing is, on my end, this is all over. No, Miss Pullman, not yet. What? There's still your part in all of this. Spider-Man, how are you doing this? How did you know? And and, and Spider-Man shows up on the television, all three TVs. Yeah. Uh, your secret bank account. 
paying a twisted man to do twisted things. I am familiar with the practice. You you don't understand. He broke into my house. He threatened to... You paid him your blood money. You sat back and watched. And you told no one. Well, now you can tell the authorities. Tell them or answer to me. I see everything in this city. Everything. That is my power and my responsibility to watch over and judge you all. Dun, dun, dun! The end. Yes. So, you know, he's dealt with massacre. He seemed to know all along the, the little dirty deal uh, massacre pulled with uh, the CEO of Fizzy Cola. And uh, we get this somewhat terrifying image of, of her actually screaming as the spider bots invade her, her luxury penthouse or whatever. And, uh, you know, Spidey's sort of words ringing in the air to watch and judge you all yeah. like he is not your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. No. <laughs> uh, the judgmental Spider-Man, you could say. Yeah, yeah. And of course that. That's it. That's all she wrote on volume one, my own worst enemy. And, yeah. you know, a very different kind of Spider-Man and, you know, a lot of fun. Yeah. Did, what did you think? What was your impressions of this little run here? Well, you know, going back to, I think what I said in uh, maybe issue one, or, or if not, I know we've definitely talked about it off mic is, you know, one of the reasons um, why I also supported that we do this story is because it's one that I have been meaning to get around to read, but I just didn't want to. So this podcast kind of yeah. made me uh, yeah. finally uh, sit down with it. I'm super happy that I did, man. Like um, there's kind of this ongoing thing in the shop that we've got with a regular where I'm always explaining why Batman's better than Spider-Man. Anybody and who's listened to the show is familiar with that <laughs> ongoing debate. Yeah. And, and, and he'll, he'll go back to and tell me why Spider-Man is better than Batman. And, and so I, I give Spidey a little bit of crap in the shop, but I, I did really like this, uh, this storyline for sure. Uh, Dan Slott, I've read just a little bit of his right. Spider-Man stuff. Um, previously, really good writer. Um, I think this was a very, uh, tight, well-written volume one. I, the art, you know, is is what it is. It's pretty good. It's not my cup of tea. I prefer the more kind of realistic looking stuff. And this is a little bit more stylized. But it, it worked for the story. Um, I think maybe you had mentioned this at some point before. Um, but I, I started to enjoy the art as I got more and more into the story. It seemed to yeah. fit the kind of story that was being told, good. if that makes sense. Um so I, I I did start to enjoy the the art more than I did just um, by itself out of context of the storyline. Um, five issues instead of six, yeah, which yeah, is a little a little shorter. Yeah. yeah, even looking at the trade, you just sort of look at the thickness of it. It's like how big is this thing? But it is five issues. Yeah. I guess when you take out the ads in a modern Marvel <laughs> book, it's pretty skinny, which is a shame. Right. But apparently, it might be the case because it is a thin little trade. You know, one of the things I didn't like about this, and it's more in particular this arc, we end on an interesting note where, you know, we sort of see the limits or what go past the limits of Otto's violence by this showdown with Massacre. And, and that's cool. It serves the story to, like, really push Otto to the edge uh, by encountering somebody who he's not just going to be able to beat up and scare. Yeah. But the flip side of this is that 
we have him kill somebody and you can't have him kill like a really long time character that easily anyway. It's, right. it's a bigger event. And so we get this guy massacre who serves the purpose of the story, but just wasn't that cool and exciting to me. I almost wish massacre was, was the villain in issue three. And we led up to this confrontation with the vulture. Mm, I think that yeah. may have been interesting. Um, maybe add a little oomph to, uh, what Ott goes through fighting a former comrade. And so, you know, a small nitpick, but, you know, I had forgotten. I I obviously read through Superior and so many classic Spider-Man villains do come into play. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously the Goblin cameo yeah, at the end of right. issue four. That's right. It's Hobgoblin, Green Goblin. You know, a lot of these guys, Venom shows up. Uh, there's some cool stuff in there. Um, and so when I went back, I had forgotten that massacre was actually sort of the last villain faced in volume one. And, uh, I was like, Oh, that's a pity. I wish it was like <laughs> Scorpion or Rhino or, you know, Vulture, or, you know, right. one of these other guys. The shocker. Yeah. Even shocker. Well, shocker does take place. I think. And by the way, I want to give a, another recommendation on the superior foes of Spider-Man, which is also just totally enjoyable book and really does follow around boomerang in the sinister six. Um, and just really funny, well-written as well. Just a, a really good companion book to this series. If, yeah. if you find them cheap, totally pick it up. I had, I had a blast with the superior foes. Um, but they're, you know, don't want to be a sourpuss. There's some awesome stuff in these. And, you know, thinking back through this last volume, you know, I love really a lot of uh, Otto's interaction with a lot of the Spider-Man characters. I think that was a, a source of a lot of enjoyment. I mean, you have this stuff at work mm -hmm. when he's with Max Modell and he's so presumptive and pushy and arrogant. And the living robot? The, oh, God. Yeah, the, the living brain. The living brain. Stuff. Totally. We're click hilarious character. <laughs> so <laughs> added sugar. Humans like sugar. Yes. Oh, so many funny moments. I was also thinking, you know, that sort of mechanical sound. I can almost imagine in the living brain, there's a, a series of, uh, of, sort of cassette reels <laughs> and he's got like everything pre-recorded. And so the word click is actually the sound of it selecting a new pre-recorded voice. And just like, okay. So anyway, <laughs> but yeah, totally awesome. Um, the stuff with Mary Jane, of course, there's that one scene where he's having the conversation with her and not listening to anything yes. she's saying. And he's just checking her out. And, and his thoughts are literally going over <laughs> yeah. her dialogue in the panel. It's that good. was awesome that was just a moment of genius and then of course the the mary jane watson dating trials great uh you know the craziness of him actually you know getting her you know excited and interested and then like he gets all the emotion and ends up breaking things off with her just a crazy moment did something peter can never do that's right that's right um all the jay jonas stuff some funny moments with that uh you know them sort of getting along at all was hilarious, but then, you know, it makes sense that they're each getting something out of it, all this good publicity and whatnot. Yeah. But then how quickly he, he turns it around with the whole spider signals stuff, Jay Jonah trying to be pushy and Auk having none of it, you know, that yeah. was pretty hilarious. You know, one of the things too, like 
off camera that you know had to have happened was the Punisher watching the news feed after Spidey <laughs> shot Massacre and like the mayor of New York's calling Spider-Man a hero and like Punisher's just there he's like kicking the dirt a little bit like always come at me always shit bad guys too no praise nothing no respect <laughs> so. you know we've been referencing the Punisher a lot I think we need to find a good Punisher story yeah that would be fun maybe uh Oh man, it would definitely have to be like Saga and be like mature themes, but like a good Garth Ennis Punisher yeah, story or something like that would stuff. be cool. Yeah. Who was it who had written that last run I really enjoyed? It was uh, Brubaker or was no, it? No, who, no, 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 no. was it? Uh, really enjoyable. Which which one was? It's not the current one. It's no, coming he out ended now. it. It was. I think was he it ended it like it may have no, with Frankencastle and all. No, that? not Frankencastle. Okay. Uh, this is this is where he sort of ends up teaming up with a. Uh, uh, you know, a soldier's return from war abroad from Iraq and uh, her husband is killed in this massacre and they take down this mafia group. And it, was, oh, it was totally, okay. totally awesome. Uh, as, soon as, we, that one. as soon as we turn off the podcast, I'm sure I'll remember it. Yeah. Anyway, for maybe like two years ago. But really good stuff. So. We are walking comic book encyclopedias. We know yes. the name of every creator who's ever worked on anything. I am a walking comic book encyclopedia without a table of contents. <laughs> Somewhere down there. I swear. All that information exists. Yes. But I got no idea where it's at. <laughs> anyway, and then as far as the relationships, just thought I'd throw it out there. Also, Aunt May, you know, he's being a better Peter Parker, spending all the time with it. But of course, his plan is to play Dr. Frankenstein on his aging aunt is to right. like, just have this new technology and she's the test subject. So anyway, I enjoyed the, the those relationships. Light ways. He's, he's trying to, uh, to court on me. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not so sure about all that. <laughs> but anyway, good times. Yeah, good times. Absolutely. Um, I guess at this point we should go into pick of the week. Yeah. We are recording uh, Tuesday. I, I know last week we said we would try to get uh, two episodes out. Didn't quite happen. It might happen this week. It's possible. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Stormcrow um, time. Yeah. You can check your watch. It don't mean nothing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so would you like to go ahead with pick of the week? Sure. Uh, you, you had just helped me out and suggested what I should pick. And your pick was pretty on point. I, I'm going with Manhattan Projects issues. <laughs> um, because I am. It, it was a really good issue. Uh, back with my favorite artist uh, on the book, Pitara. Because uh, every like five or six issues, we get a fill-in artist. But um, number twenty-two. Number twenty-two. 22. That's dude. I said that like clearly. <laughs> I enunciated perfectly. I can't believe you didn't make that out. You know, you calling me a redneck, dude? Is that, <laughs> is that what you're saying? I got a southern accent. Like, I was gonna please, bring dude. it up off air. But... I thought you were more cosmopolitan than that. You know? <laughs> Apparently not. Bad. So yeah, Manhattan Projects issue. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm going with uh, also another image comic, uh, Outcast number two. Sweet. By the uh, the great Robert Kirkman. Um, I made the comment to you before we were recording that I, I had read this issue and felt like it was more set up than issue one was. Yeah. Um, but it was still it was still enjoyable. Um, this to to me it's coming across as a series that that could definitely have longevity. Like yeah. I could see Outcast one hundred at some point in the future. Um, who knows if Kirkman has a story that long in mind, but he's laying down foundation in a really, uh, 
really uh, professional way. You know, he's been writing comics long enough. He knows, you know, to, when to introduce certain characters, certain elements to the storyline. And it seems like he's crafting together quite an interesting horror story. Now, so. help me out here, because now that I think about it, I can only really recall three different comics that Kirkman's actually written. He did Walking Dead, of course, mm -hmm. Thief of Thieves, which I think he handed off. You know, Nick Spencer. Yeah, there you go. And now uh, Outcast. <laughs> yes, very nicely done. <laughs> uh, Accessing memories. <laughs> he, uh, he, he also does Invincible, uh, okay, the superhero yeah, image comic. Yeah. Uh, he did Battle Pope back in the day. Uh, he wrote some Ultimate X-Men issues. Uh, okay. So he's he's been around the block. Um, okay. And then, of course, he's got a, a few Walking Dead novels under his belt now. Right, right. I think co-written by another author. But um, so he uh, he's he's always working on something, it seems. Fair enough. So, Fair busy enough. man. I mean, certainly enjoy his stuff. But, you know, uh, sort of thinking back, like, OK, what is he just? Like he he turned eighteen and just started writing Walking Dead, and that's all he's done since then. Like I can't think of anything else. But anyway, very cool. So uh, Manhattan Projects, and Outcast number two. Yes. Um, so I guess at this point, as we normally do at the end of a um, of a story arc, we'll, yeah. we'll talk a little bit about what we're going to do next. And uh, I think we agreed that we're going to do next. <laughs> Yes, so. yes, uh, that is um, that is correct. We are doing yeah. Infinity Gauntlet, folks. Yes, we're gonna go to Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is in theaters, and we we have our eyes set on the stars above us. Yes. The galactic Marvel universe awaits. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people would say that some of the cosmic stuff really is among Marvel's best stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, certainly Spider-Man where, you know, that's about as street level a guy as you can get most of the time. You know, he, he has his crazy adventures with the Avengers and stuff. But um, and, and he'll show up, of course, in Infinity Gauntlet. Um, but this really is the other end of the Marvel spectrum and. Some of the best characters out there. A lot of people consider Infinity Gauntlet to be like the classic Marvel crossover storyline. Yeah. Like the big main event for Marvel to end all big events. Like uh, people love the love the story. And rightly so. It is really good. I've not read it in a few years. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to revisit it with this podcast. Um, of course, the, the great Jim Starlin did yeah. a lot of work on it. Um, Too bad he didn't do more of the interiors. Those covers are great, but some of the time, well, I mean, obviously we'll talk about it, but, you know, uh, what a tease at some points. But, um, <laughs> you know, this is one that I did pick up as the new issues were coming out. And, oh, know, okay. Yeah, All this right. is old man. The day. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I've still got my original issues and certainly I'll be reading out of those. Um, I still have my youth, so I got them through yeah. uh, back issue boxes, <laughs> yes. but I guess getting it off the shelf is cool, too. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's better. You know? right. <laughs> it's better, you know. <laughs> but it's uh, it's cool. I, I think it's a it's a really good time uh, to, to talk about some Infinity Gauntlet uh, just because of. Well, I can't say anything. Let's just say because of Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, the all the Marvel stuff. Yeah. I mean, obviously, at the end of Avengers, you know, you had Thanos had that brief well, cameo. Well, I've not watched the Avengers yet. I'm yeah. watching them out of order. You are on. You are not in the six one six, my friend. <laughs> you need to come back to your your home universe. <laughs> but no. Uh, so obviously, there's a lot to talk about Thanos on the interwebs right now. That's right. Uh, and ha and there has been for the past couple years yeah. now. 
So uh, Marvel does seem to be, uh, I haven't actually watched guardians, but Marvel does seem to be sort of connecting their movies with this overall thread. And, uh, you know, certainly there's been indications that the cosmic universe is, is the backbone of this yeah. thread. So, uh, I have a theory and yeah. I'm not going to give any specifics about guardians because I know you haven't seen it yet. And there's yeah. probably some people listening that maybe haven't got around to it yeah. yet either. Um, but I have a theory that possibly maybe Thanos isn't going to be the big, uh, Avengers villain. Yeah. Maybe, maybe all that cameo was, was setting up guardians of the galaxy to throw people off and he'll end up being a big guardians villain in, in a future movie. Like yeah. it's, it's possible. I don't know because it's odd that you would have build up for this character. And then the next Avengers movie be Ultron. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, so it's, who knows? I could be completely off base. I'm not saying that that's definitely what I think is happening, but I think it's an interesting alternative theory that, that maybe, uh, maybe, maybe people have just been taken it the wrong way. Yeah. Like, and, and Disney and Marvel are just like, <laughs> fools think they know yeah. everything. Well, you know, I think I always hope that the teases have enough thread of truth that, that it, you really do get to go on this ride with them and the, and the carpet's not pulled out from under you. Yeah. But at the same time that they, they sort of feel the freedom to craft the story that's just going to work the best. And right. So, you know, I hope there's a little bit of mystery to it, yeah. and I hope there's a little something. I mean, who knows? Background. We might not actually get a full Thanos as this movie's villain until 2019 within humans. Right. I mean, there's no telling what they're going to do with the character. Yeah, and of course, if you read, uh, you know, the recent infinity storyline that that does tie in with the inhumans now marvel had talked about their movie series being rolled out in these certain phases yeah. that you know is going to be you know captain america and iron man there that was phase one then phase two. do you know what phase we're on in the marvel movies i, I think we're in two we're still in two i, I think yeah. i could be wrong um but we're either I, I would say that, that phase one would have ended with the Avengers. Okay. I, I don't know if this is part of the official timeline, but to me, it, it makes sense that, that phase uh, two would begin with, I guess, Thor, the Dark World, Cap, and now Guardians. I, you know, and that'll lead up to the next Avengers. That's fair. I think, I think whatever the case is, Avengers probably is the dividing line. I think my instinct is that maybe as opposed to being the end of phase one, maybe it's really the beginning of phase two, that yeah. phase one is more the introduction for the individual characters. And then phase yeah, two is bring them together. And Iron Man 3, this, I forgot to mention Iron Man 3. Yeah. yeah. These are just sort of semantic little stupid things, but yeah. you know, maybe if we knew we were like halfway through their their sort of uh, overarching idea that you know, okay, Thanos probably is the big bad because we're almost at the end. You know, and and maybe way. as professional podcasters who talk about comic books, we've got some inside information, and we're just trying to throw people off this off the trail yeah. a little bit, keep them guessing. Professional. Are you withholding money from me now? Um, <laughs> you're making money off this. Uh, you're going to have to talk to Miranda Pullman yes, <laughs> in her yes. secret bank account. Um, but but no, um, all I'm saying is uh, this is all leading to an Avengers versus Justice League crossover movie. Oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Batman's going to take down everybody. Watch out, Thanos. Watch your back, son. Watch your back. There's a battering coming for it. You know, there was that one issue where Batman revealed his his plans if uh, Spider-Man ever turned bad, like how we would take him down, you know? <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> we should do Tower of Babel at some point, too. I'm just throwing yeah, that out Yeah, there. totally. 
So, but definitely Infinity Gauntlet is next. Uh, really looking forward to it. Two Marvel stories back to back. Uh, but it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Really good time. Now feels like a good time to, uh, to pull out that, uh, those, those dusty old back issues yeah. or the nice, neat, tight, new trade paperback that you can purchase at Stormcrow <laughs> Comics. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So, as always, thank you for doing the podcast with me. Thanks for doing the show with me. And would you like to give any plugs? Hey, man, that uh, the Three Beards rap battle was <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious. Yes, I, 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 I really do think like the first ten minutes of that episode is like the the best <laughs> so comedic funny. stuff we've ever done on the yeah. show. Comedic, right? Right. You're you're either laughing or crying when you listen to it. Let me <laughs> let me assure you, some some fluids will come out of your eyes, whether of fear or fright <laughs> or take humor. your pants off. Oh God, <laughs> Flood should keep your jeans on. <laughs> but um, that was good times. Yeah. Well, thank you for the for the, yes, the plug yes. there. Um. yeah as always though check out 336cast.com you can find previous episodes of the Stormcrow comic cast you can find the three beards you can find 336cast you can find name redacted you can find um, opposed thumbs are on there uh, we've got a new Sentai Rider podcast that showed up <laughs> is that even on our network anymore I, I thought that when I when I went to 336cast.com last that I heard a CPU fan blowing somewhere <laughs> And also the Lone Ranger theme song That's in the right. distance. Yeah. So maybe Robert Cooper is coming to the 336 cast. <laughs> okay. Uh, network. Who, who knows? <laughs> but, um, Mr. Robert. And, 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 you know, the, the midnight podcast, it's, it's mm -hmm. coming at some point too. So awesome. plenty of good stuff to look, uh, uh, to look up at 336cast.com as well as the 336 podcasting network app. You can download for free from the Google play store. You can stream all Do those it. episodes, download all those Do episodes, it. whichever way you prefer. You can subscribe to the storm crow comic cast on iTunes, man. iTunes, do it. iTunes rate and review us on Do iTunes. It. We need, we don't need 2.5 million listeners. We need 2.6 million listeners. That's what we want. See, Kevin, you, you push this operation forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I was I was gonna be cool with two point four, you know. Hey, hey, so. uh, you know, uh, did Neil Armstrong uh, get to the moon with two point four gallons of gasoline? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I don't but, know. But the point is, he would have been safer with two point six. Rate and review if you love America. Boom. <laughs> Do it for the moon. Do it for the moon. <laughs> <laughs>